Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Take a pick, a pick, a dilly. 
And these days I'm wondering how you've been getting to inspiration, generate a generation. And suddenly I'm thinking about you, Nick, give me a nickel. Jimmy, he give me a dime from your dimension. And he say, every time I sing this song, everybody sing along with me. Cause every time I sing this song, everybody sing along with me. Cause every time I sing the song, everybody sing along with me. So sing along, sing along, sing along, sing along with me. So sing along, sing along, sing along, sing along with me. On the bridge to forever and what I discover. Little ships are sailing beneath it, spinning in the sand, castles made by man. Ain't you tired of that wheel of fortune? I'm numb to your numbers, I'm rid of your riddles. And when the bell rings, I'm deaf to your defeat. Cause every time I sing the song, everybody sing along with me. Cause every time I sing the song, everybody sing along with me. Cause every time I sing the song, everybody sing along with me. So sing along, sing along, sing along, sing along with me. So sing along, sing along, sing along, sing along with me. Nobody cares, so many years, your words still ringing in my ears. When my phone rings, your voice I hear. This whole world can disappear. These little things, they do not last. Only your verses from the past. So I will sing your song of choice. That's how I hear your sweetest voice. Cause every time I sing the song, everybody sing along with me. Cause every time I sing the song, everybody sing along with me. Sing along, sing along, sing along, sing along with me. So sing along, sing along, sing along, sing along with me.
tranquility. The captain of the little ship tries to guide her faithfully. The choices that he makes can't be the choices he just make, but the choices he must make. It's true. The winds all seem much stronger as I sense this truth inside. But there's a little secret that I can calm this bumpy ride. The paradox is that the more I start to
Safra Biramsha Lachelaha Kadisha Divra Kal Nafsha Irin Kadishi Rune Enasha Chevat Para Veofeshemaya
to the AM. The Willig family from a recently released uh, CD entitled Lave Avos here at JM in the AM with a uh, selection entitled Drushna, composed and sung by Avram Willig and his son Alicia, and featuring a whole uh, bunch of uh, Willig family members on that uh, recent release. Uh, that was sent to us uh, some point last week. Mordechai Ben David's Anavim Anavim from Yossi Green's The Eighth Note. You heard Cole Ish with Curry Bone. The song Change from uh, Amechad and Ari Goldwag. Eighth Day had the sing-along song, brand new from Hule. The YU Maccabees. And Lachad Dodi from Voices from the Heights. And the Regesh, Modani opening things up as we say good morning. It's Friday on this January 3rd, day two. In the month of Shvat, hope your Rosh Chodesh was great. The year 5774, Tuf Shinai and It's also the third day of the brand new year of 2014. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Bo. Candle lighting time at 421 on this Erev Shabbos. 421 on this uh, Erev Shabbos is your official candle lighting time. Well, here we are here. Blizzard-like conditions outside. JM and the AM, though, thank goodness, is live on the air, ready to uh, inform and entertain on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. You're wondering what the official accumulation is out there? Well, right now, 14 degrees, 94% humidity, winds are northeast at 7. They're claiming in this, the wind chill, by the way, at 4 degrees. They're claiming that in this area, 4 to 5 uh, inches of snow in the Jersey City downtown area. Um, it sounds like, based on Central Park and the airports, etc., it sounds like most places have around 7 inches of snow. Uh, morning snow and windy weather with a high temperature of 17, and tonight mostly clear and a low of 3. Wow. <laughs> a low of 3 degrees. Tomorrow mostly sunny, a high Shabbos 28 degrees. Maybe some showers Sunday with a high of 40. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 56. We're at 14 with a wind chill of 4. Another couple of inches are expected. I guess it'll round out between 7 and 10 inches, depending on where you are in our immediate listening area. If you're listening from somewhere else around the world, especially if you're in a warm weather spot, lucky you. As I posted on Facebook just minutes ago, this weather reminds me of my most recent visit to Yerushalayim. <laughs> can't, can't get over my obsession with that snowstorm from a couple of weeks ago in the Holy City. Anyway, here we are with an American snowstorm with closed airports and a lot of canceled flights and things like that. Uh, the New York City public school system has closed. I know that schools that are uh, of immediate concern to the Siegel family, like Manhattan Day School, and the Torah Academy of Bergen County and Mayanot Yeshiva High School, they are all closed today. I would bet the majority, if not all, of the yeshivas and schools in our immediate listening area are in fact closed today. Uh, a good chance to uh, learn from us since these schools are closed. We'll do our weekly update coming up about an hour from now. You'll have a chance to uh, learn from us <laughs> right here at JM and the AM regarding the latest news and analysis of what's been happening over the last week or so. We'll do that with Malcolm Holmline about 7.40 this morning. I guess it goes without saying, but hey, let's say it. The um, live remote, the live radio broadcast scheduled today at Gourmet Glot with Naomi Nachman, which was supposed to take place between 9 and 10 this morning, 
Eastern time is now officially postponed. I believe we are trying uh, for one week from now. Naomi Nachman live from Gourmet Glot in Cedarhurst uh, coming up a week from now at 9 a.m. That is the, um, that is the schedule. But because of the snow and the conditions, uh, that uh, show has been postponed. And, um, that's the story with that. Great weekend of programming, of course, coming up. Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time on the stream. Sunday morning, Matis presents, uh, JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time on the stream. JMNAM.org. Elliot Weiselberg with a brand new edition of Court Report. 7 p.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday on the stream. JMNAM.org. Lots of great programming all through the weekend. Make sure you are tuned in. All right, I think I'm going to go back to Facebook and Twitter and compliment the mayor of Jersey City, Mayor Fulop, who of course was in our studio recently and is a is a um, graduate of the Pesach Raymond Yeshiva in uh, in uh, New Brunswick in Edison, New Jersey. Uh, he has uh, he spent two and a half hours early this morning on one of those plow trucks, and I must say the mayor supervised an excellent plowing of Montgomery Street. We do not always get good plowing on Montgomery Street. Believe me, I can tell you great stories about what's happened in winters since 1998 on this street. A lot of interesting stories. Um, but to today, they did an excellent job. So I want to thank the mayor. Who did I mention is a yeshiva graduate? I wanted to thank the mayor. And I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to do so right now on Twitter. I'm going to report to everybody. Because I know he's very into Twitter. I'm going to report to everybody just how great a job he's done. Anyway, thanks for listening in from around the world. Candle lighting in this area at 421 on an Erev Shabbos Parsha's bow. My name is Nahum Siegel. It may be a blizzard outside, but there's plenty of warmth coming through your radio right here at JM in the AM.
Amazing selection. Shlomo Kalbach from Israeli television back in 1973. That is a 45-minute set that's on YouTube. Worth watching. Really incredible. JM and the AM on a Friday. It's January 3rd, the 2nd of Shvat. Lots of snow on the ground. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Erev Shabbos Parsha's bow with candle lighting at 421. We have an amazing stream of great Erev Shabbos selections. Uh, coming up uh, all day long, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, right after an encore of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. Naomi Nachman is scheduled to be live at Gourmet Glot this morning in Cedarhurst. That has been postponed for a week because of the weather, so we'll encore a performance of Table for Two coming up between 9 and 10. And then at uh, 10 o'clock, courtesy of our friends at Kedem, we have an amazing and incredible Erev Shabbos mix. And today, so many people are going to be stuck in the house. Such an opportunity to just keep the music on in the background and have a, an amazing Erev Shabbos mix of music. It is the absolute best way to prepare for Shabbos. You could ask people of all ages. That is one thing that it seems people of all ages agree on. No matter what they listen to during the week, on Erev Shabbos, they want an amazing mix of great Arab Shabbos selections. 
That's the way it seems. And kolakavod to everybody who feels that way. Uh, before Shlomo Kalbach, Yanki Daskal off the brand new Achenu CD with Kadshenu. You heard Benny Friedman with that amazing medley from also off of YouTube. Uh, an Aaron Teitelbaum presentation, a recent wedding with Benny Friedman on the lead vocal. That's a great job. Shalshelis brand new, and I believe Barry Weber. Is it Barry Weber who's on the uh, Shalshelis selection, the Aishas Chayel? Uh, Shlomi Gertner, I apologize. The Aishas Chayel is Shlomi Gertner with Shalshelis off of the Shalshelis Connections CD. And you heard the Willig family off of Leiv Avos before that here. At JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world in the web, jmnam.org. Galate Sal in the background as we have our news from Israel coming up here at JM in the AM. I did in fact tweet to the, uh, <laughs> oh, the mayor tweeted back. I tweeted to the mayor of Jersey City, Mr. Mayor, great job plowing on Montgomery Street. Thank you from old JM and the AM listeners. And I hashtagged it, Jewish World's radio show of record is in Jersey City, New Jersey. That's quite a long hashtag. The mayor responds, thanks, Nahum. See you soon. So the uh, mayor has come through. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can tell you some disastrous stories about uh, overnight plowing here in Jersey City over the last 15 years. So... They were on top of it, and the mayor and his crew did a great job. So I thank him for that. Uh, Matis has JM Sunday coming up Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time on the stream, jmnam.org. Don't forget that. Tomorrow night at Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time, Elliot Weiselberg, a fresh edition of Court Report. Hockey, basketball, whatever strikes your fancy, it's all coming up. Courtesy of Elliot Weiselberg and Court Report on what we call the Nahum Siegel Network at jmtheam.org. News from Israel is coming up. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. Weekly update. Malcolm Holine will join me at 7.40 Eastern Time this morning here at JM in the AM. We'll check out what's been happening over the last few days. Weekly update at 7.40 this morning. Rabbi Yudin coming up at 8.15 this morning. Here at JM and the AM with the Torah portion of the week. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from JM and גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן כרמית ראובן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. החמרה איטית במצבו של ראש הממשלה לשעבר אריאל צ'רון. מנהל בית החולים שיבא בתל השומר מסר בצהריים עדכון לעיתונאים. גם בדיקות המעבדה וגם הבדיקות הקליניות שלנו מצביעות על כיוון של החמרה. לא החמרה מהירה, לא, הוא לא נמצא כרגע בשוק. אבל בהחלט כשאנחנו מסתכלים על הפרמטרים יש החמרה הדרגתית ואיטית אה, במצב אה, תפקוד אה, עבריו של אה, מר אריאל שרון. ויש לנו סימנים לכך שיש גם זיהום דמו, הוא מטבל טיפולים בנושא הזה. בירושלים נמשכת הפגישה בין שר החוץ האמריקני ג'ון קרי לבין ראש הממשלה נתניהו, שרת המשפטים לבני ושר הביטחון יעלון. מוקדם יותר נפגש קרי גם עם שר החוץ ליברמן. 
הקרב על איי-די-ב, אדוארדו אלשטיין ומוטי בן משה אינם מתנגדים לפרסום דוח צוות הבדיקה המיוחד שבחן את עסקיו של בן משה. כתבתנו יונה לייבזון. כפי שדיווחנו הבוקר, בן משה ואלשטיין הודיעו רשמית לבית המשפט כי אינם מתנגדים לחשיפת דוח צוות הבדיקה על מקורות המימון של הקבוצה, אך ירצו לעיין בו קודם כדי לוודא שהדוח אינו חושף סודות מסחריים או פוגע בצנעת הפרט. סופת שלגים עזה משתוללת בצפון מזרח ארצות הברית, כתבתנו חן פישר. למעלה ממאה מיליון בני אדם מסתגרים בבתיהם בשל הסופה ואלפי טיסות באזור בוטלו. החזאים האמריקנים דיווחו על לפחות 22 מדינות שנמצאות בנתיב הסופה, שאף צפויה להתגבר במהלך היום. גם בבריטניה לא שקט, גשמים רבים שיורדים בממלכה גרמו להצפתם של חלקים נרחבים מהמדינה. בארבע עשר אזורים בהם הגשם חזק במיוחד הודיעו הרשויות על התרעת הצפה חמורה. אשר עלולה אף לסכן חיי אדם. הוארך בשישה ימים מעצרם של חמשת החשודים שנעצרו אתמול כשהיו בדרכם להניח מטען חבלה גדול במטרה לחסל עבריין מוכר בחיפה. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר שהמטען הועבר באמצעות קטנוע ונתפס עם שלושה מהחשודים בשדרות רוטשילד בחיפה. אלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת בו. בירושלים ב-4 ו-12 דקות, בתל אביב ב-4 ו-26 דקות, בחיפה ב-4 ו-16 דקות, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-4 ו-31 דקות. שבת שלום. ולסיום, בפעם הראשונה בתולדות סעודיה העניק המלך עבדאללה בן עבדל עזיז רישיון לאישה לעבוד כעורכת דין. يعني ردات الفعل الاجتماعية إيجابية أتتني مئات التهاني على صفحتي في تويتر في تقبل حتى في داخل المحاكم من خلال הגיעו מאות תגובות לחשבון הטוויטר שלי ואפילו שופטים ועובדי בית, בית המשפט הגיבו בחיוב אמרה עורכת הדין הראשונה בסעודיה ביאן זהרן כתבנו ג'קי חוגי מדווח שיחד איתה יתחילו בקרוב עוד שלוש נשים לעסוק במקצוע אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר בצוות שרון יעקובוביץ' ואבי כהן
I seem a little distant With a twinkle in my eye There's a very special reason You will find Today is only Tuesday And the kids learn olive base And you know that I got Shabbos On my mind Yes, I walk against the many As they're groping in the night And I've tried to share the Torah in a rhyme And the boys are now bar mitzvah And Wednesday night is here And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind They seize a chuppah And the weather is getting cold And the Torah scroll is turning And we are growing old And the jokers and the scoffers They're running out of time And you know that I got Shabbos Yeah, you know I got Shabbos on my mind It's a Friday morning sunrise No time to mess around I'm the old man who dovin' right on time And your prayers get more sincere As old friends pass away And you know that I got Shabbos 
on my mind And there is no deception Cause he knows just who you are A hunger to be holy While feeling very far And the jokers and the scoffers They're running out of time And you know that I got Shabbos Yeah, you know I got Shabbos on my mind It's a Friday evening sunset No time to mess around I'm the old man who dovin' right on time And your prayers get more sincere When old friends pass away And you know that I got Shabbos Yeah, you know I got Shabbos You know I got Shabbos on my mind J.M. and the A.M. Moshe, yes, Shabbos on my mind. In this case, we have a snowy Shabbos on our mind as we... Uh, I mean, I guess the snow will be over by the time Shabbos starts in this area. But you got to be careful walking in the snow, and uh, there's a lot of slip sliding going on, so be careful out there. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, Parsha's bow, candle lighting at 421. Before Moshe, yes, you heard Cantor Simon Cohen with Mimkomcha off of the Songs and Praise CD. Well, the snow has accumulated to the point of about 7 inches in our area. Everyone's around that mark, around seven inches. Some places a bit more, some places a bit less. Another couple of inches are expected this morning with a high temperature of 17 degrees. Mostly clear tonight, low of three. I'm not kidding. That's three Fahrenheit. (laughs) Hey, low of three Fahrenheit. My gosh. Mostly sunny for tomorrow with a high temperature. Shab is 28 degrees. A few showers on Sunday, a high of 40. That's welcome, I guess, 40 degrees. Right now, 56 in Yerushalayim. I again tried to reach Menachem Toker. Can't get a hold of him. He had a, uh, he had quite an eventful Shabbos. What was it, three weeks ago? What was it, three weeks ago we were in Israel? Vayechi, right? And, um, I believe he missed his radio show for the first time ever. That Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken, because he was snowbound in his home. News from Israel was at this at the top of the hour, and how amazing is it to hear candlelighting time for Yerushalayim, to hear the word Shabbat Shalom from a national radio newscast. Just unbelievable. Every time I hear it, I can't get over it. Uh, 19 minutes after the hour, we'll do our weekly update coming up. Malcolm Honeline is going to join us. Weekly update about 7.40 this morning here at JM in the AM. So make sure to be tuned in for that. Weekly update at 7.40 or by unit about 8.15. Naomi Nachman will be encored in a presentation of Table for Two coming up at 9. The uh, show from Gourmet Glot that was supposed to be done live this morning at 9 a.m. will be done next week. It has been postponed due to the inclement weather. And a big thank you to our friends at Kedem. We've got an amazing Erev Shabbos music mix coming up starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time on the stream at jmandam.org. Make sure to be tuned in for that. jmandam.org presents what is arguably, no, 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 not arguably, inarguably, the most incredible Erev Shabbos music mix 
and you will hear it starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time on our stream all the way until candlelighting. Here's Yidl at JM in the AM. Oh, 
خامنو خواب سیم خواب آیالا یهودیم یا این شهباسا این شهباسا این یا این مخمدیم شایم را شایم را وزاهی خراف حیمام ایدیم کیل شیشا کاب رو I've been trying to reach him for almost three weeks. I think we finally got him. Menachem Toker, who uh, does radio in Israel on a practically daily basis, and I believe for the first time in years, missed his Saturday night show three weeks ago because of the big snowstorm in Israel. Menachem, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Siegel, the biggest radio man, Jewish radio man in the world. Wow, thank you for that. Uh, so, so... Can I reach you for three weeks? I've been trying to reach you for three weeks. I thought you are still snowbound over there in remote. <laughs> yeah, we were stuck for four days. No electricity, no no water, nothing. Everything stuck over there. When did... I mean, our listeners, because of, of my ordeal, which was mild compared to yours, my listeners are somewhat familiar with the timeline. By the time Sunday night arrived, were things getting back to normal in your house? Um, basically, it was Sunday night. Yeah, I, I uh, first three and four days, I didn't do nothing. It was stuck over here. Then I said to myself, listen, I work in the radio. Why don't we take advantage of this thing? And I called, um, how do you say, Mankal? Yeah, the uh, uh, director. The, manager, the, director. the director of, of Chavrat Hashmal in Israel. Yeah, he's maybe the most important guy in Israel. I called this personal phone and I told him, listen, mister, there's a whole Shkuna uh, neighborhood of you without electricity for four days. There's kids and everything. Now, if, if, if by one hour, if there's no electricity, I'm putting you on the radio and everything. So, it was my first time in my career that I threatened someone, but it helped because within an hour, we had back everything. Are you serious? Oh, gosh. Yeah. After, That's Israel, man. That's Israel. Israel. After going through that... to Israel. After going through that whole Shabbat, I actually... We thought we'd be together that Saturday night on the air, and yet nobody could move. The whole The whole area was completely shut down. Not even that. Promotions all over the radio, promos and jingles that you come into to radio call high, and then really people were happy. And uh, Moshe Alfred called me. Many, many uh, uh, music people and media people guys called me. And hey, was coming, not coming. And then, then we just got stuck. I, I couldn't. I couldn't leave my house. Now you're in America. It's the snow over here in Israel. When it's a little bit snowing, everything is stuck. So close to the home when it's. So, you know, it was yeah. really a huge storm. What's the weather now by you? We got snow. I, I I had to wake up an hour earlier this morning, but that's the the advantage is I drove this morning behind the snow plows. So so I, they they did all the really? yeah they they did all the cleaning and I just did the driving and I got I got oh, I, I, I got here. Nah, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, you know, hey, it's 7.30 in the morning and the storm's going to be over in, a, in an hour or two. Look, this was my frustration in Israel, Menachem, that I, I wanted to tell every driver that I saw in Yerushalayim, get out of your car, I will show you how to get out of this mess in a minute. You know? that, was the, that was the whole problem. Yeah, 
<laughs> I think it's the second of time you came with the snow. No, you brought the snow. I've been there for snow. I was there for the big flood on Yom Yerushalayim, which, of course, you, you owe me for all that water. You know, Every time I show yeah. up, there seems to be rough weather, thank God. Uh, Menachem Toker is with us from Israel. So tomorrow night you're back on the air. I mean, I know you've been back anyway, but regular programming tomorrow night, right? Yeah, tomorrow we have a program. We have uh, um, Shweki is coming out with a new Israeli album, and we're having uh, Naftali Schnitzel. You know Naftali Schnitzel? Yeah, of course. And Lita Schmelter is going to tell us about this. Show. Oh, how was the show, by the way? I was out of town on the Sunday night, but from, the, from what I was following on Twitter and Facebook, it was an amazing show that Lipa did on Sunday. I heard people in Israel were really curious about it because over here you do all the big shows in America. You just don't think about the Israeli people. We're not people. Yeah, you're, you're wrong, by the way. Everybody's into Menachem Toker because of Live in Nokia. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You did a great job that night. And I regret thank it. You, you. I regret it because there was an offer out there for me to come and MC that event. Could you imagine? Really? Could you imagine if the two of us would have been on stage together? That would have been great. Uh, no, but Yochi, Yochi, Yochi didn't pay me nothing, so it's okay anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was Yochi. So- Yochi, Yochi the number one producer in Israel. Are there? Any, I mean, you know what's doing here. We're just uh, we're just about nine days away from the next next Hass concert. Any big shows coming up in the early part of 2014 in Israel? Who's pro- no, no, no. No, I'm serious. In Israel, there's Mamash, almost. Um, Shweki comes and Freed comes, and sometimes the Adam Freed and Shweki make some nice uh, shows. Or what. But the, uh, there's, there's people that have no money, and then Rabbi against. You know, too many politics for this. I don't want to think about it now. Mixed, not mixed, separated. Ah, when, when you, soon. Let's be happy. When are you coming to the United States so we could speak in the comfort of our Jersey City studio? <laughs> where's, your, where, where's, your, where's your studio? Now? So it, it, in, Jersey, in Jersey City. Do you ever come to the United States anymore? You know, yeah, I was there a few weeks, a few weeks ago, but, uh, but you didn't invite me, so... I know you got to let no. me know when you show up. I would love to speak to you here live in the studio. Get all the politics. Well, of... I want to ask you, well, who's performing in the, in the half this year? Oh, you have Avremo. You have, you have Diaspora. You have Ohad. You have Eighth Day. Are they into Eighth Day in Israel? Yalili. Yalili they're into. Since Yalili, no one heard anything about them. Eighth Day, Ohad, I'm trying to think. They have a new album coming out, right? Yeah, it's out already. It's out already. It's called Hule. Oh, okay. You got to check it out. Hey, what goes on Erev Shabbat on your radio station? Is somebody on right before Shabbos or not? Yeah, of course. We have uh, Shabbat songs and uh, we're getting ready and a nice show. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't recommend anybody go on anywhere while I'm on the air. (laughs) No, stay stay on. on. That's why I stop. You see, that's why I I know. We got to be very careful these days. Like when I recommend to somebody to watch something on YouTube, I always have to say, make sure to do it after the show is over. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, is there? There's nothing left on the ground, right? There's nowhere where there's any snow left, right? Um, you, you, you wouldn't believe what I could just film and send you on your Facebook. We have a, next to my house. There's a little little place with small snow, and we're keeping it. We want to show everyone a memorial, you know. Hey, <laughs> But this is what happened to us in that Shabbat. But it's still there three weeks later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. I saw one. Yeah. Sho- I saw one shovel in Israel. I saw one shovel. 
That was it. In the, you saw one? I saw I one. Never, I didn't even see that one. I didn't even see that one. In the entire four days, I saw one shovel, a guy shoveling off a roof in the Shook. <laughs> that was, it wasn't yeah, even, you want to hear something? Yeah. You want to hear something funny? The tractor over here, the regular tractor in his gold houses, he came and moved the snow, and we paid him a 400 shekel to do our street. You know, they, you know he's an official worker from the... From the, yeah, you know, from the government, whatever right. you say, I say, yeah. The city government, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and we paid him money to do to, to open up our street. Right. So, well, because, you know, I'll tell you, listen, people are not used to this over here. It's a really once in a hundred years, and, right. you know, please come only in the summer. <laughs> right, even that doesn't help, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else is doing? What is, what's the newest music? You should, you should be, the newest. You should know, by the way, uh, e- even the summer when I was in Israel in 2005, I'm not kidding, this is true, on Tisha B'Av morning, it rained for a couple of seconds in Yerushalayim. <laughs> and, someone sa- and someone said to me it had been like a hundred years since they had seen a raindrop, you know, in the month yeah. of Av in Yerushalayim. What's new here? Uh, everyone's talking about the brand new Shalshelis. Have you heard that one yeah. yet? Oh, that's great. That's great, great, great. Yeah. Amazing material. There's an Israeli boy over there singing Anim's Mi'ot, Eli Avidani. Check it out. It's a great song. I should put that on. Yeah, we played on it. Oh, here he great is. Great song. Eli Avidani. Here he is. Yeah. And you know he, that... He is a, he's a, a Orthodox kid that um, he was... Comp- he was comp- he had a competition on the, on the Israeli idol, like the you know the American idol. Right. So there's an Israeli... Uh, and he was he went to the highest steps. He, he fell down, but you know he's he's yeah he did the Hashem channel two on TV. And I saw the Kinderlach are on Lipa's new album. Yeah, the third hey, song. Hey, hey, what hey, what happened to the two rabbis? The two rabbis are off the show. The music, ra- the two uh, singing rabbis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost at the final. They lost in the what? In the semifinal? No, no, the final. They lost in the final. Yeah, there was second place in the final. Second place. Oh boy, I saw they teamed. Well, I, I saw they teamed up with an old friend. Did you Did you hear of that musician beforehand? They were They were teamed. No, up. I never. I, you had not no, heard of. I them. never heard them. No, but they were so good. Ever, you know, everyone spoke about those two people with the beard and with, I know. With the, with the, oh, yeah, it was nice. Unbelievable. Yeah, they, What's a good restaurant coming the opening in, in, in America? Tell I'm, me something. Ooh, I'm trying cool. to think, and I just had uh, Elon Kornblum here from. Great kosher restaurants. I'm trying to remember what he told me. There is a brand new one downtown. Very expensive, though. So if you want to take me out, it's going to cost you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll try to put. I'll try to put together. Is there a chance you're here before Pesach or no way? Yeah, why not? So you gotta you gotta call me when you're here. I gotta get you into the studio, Menachem. I'm coming. Now next time. I'm breaking my teeth in English. Next time, we're going to say it in Hebrew. I want to say that all the listeners know that we're going to speak Hebrew with Metsuyan. I wish you were accurate. I wish. All right, listen. Translate. Shabbat Shalom. And, yeah, you claim I speak a good Hebrew. I don't know if that's true. Shabbat Shalom to you. Um, wish me a wish me a dry and warm Shabbat, Menachem, please. Have a dry and a, a, dry and a warm Shabbat and, and go home uh, safely. I love you, Menachem. Have a great time. Tadarabah. There he is, Menachem Toker. I was supposed to be on his show three weeks ago Saturday night, but we got snowbound. Just like the picture I posted on uh, Instagram a minute ago of our snowbound parking lot here. 
at the JMNAM studios. If you go to the Nahum Siegel uh, Instagram account, you can see that. Uh, anyway, we were snowbound three weeks ago in Yerushalayim, and now, thank God we're not snowbound, because uh, thank God in this area, people know how to plow and all that stuff and how to deal with the snow. So we're here this morning and moving about, thank goodness. Just be careful out there, folks. Difficult walking, difficult driving. Be very careful. My thanks to Menachem Toker for joining me. Uh, he is uh, dominating Israeli radio, as many of you know. One of the great personalities there, and hopefully he will visit us when he shows up in the New York area here at JM in the AM. Candle lighting at 421. Weekly update is next. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Soul Farm release. It's called The Very Best of Kalbach, Chabad, and Breslov Soul Farm on a uh, Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JMM. It's Friday, January the 3rd, the 2nd of Shvat, Erev Shabbos, Parsha's Bow. Candle lighting at 421. Reminder that uh, Naomi Nachman was scheduled to do a show at 9 o'clock this morning live from Gourmet Glot in Cedarhurst because of the weather that has been postponed until next week. 
And an encore presentation of Table for Two will be on your stream starting at jmnam.org at uh, 9 a.m. this morning in place of that scheduled show. I also want to thank our friends at the jewishworldreview.com who continue to highly recommend to their listeners our live stream of 24 hours a day, and it's much appreciated if you want a great commentary, news articles, etc. about what's happening in this Jewish world of ours. Check out jewishworldreview.com. Uh, public service announcement. We've already heard from a couple of communities and community representatives that they are unclear at this point, early Friday morning, about the Arab situation in their community. And they are asking everybody out there not to take the Arab for granted this week, but at about 4 o'clock today, to check whether the Arab is in fact up in your area. If you're not familiar with any of this, consult with your local rabbi. Public service announcement from us here at JM and the AM. Malcolm Holnline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update every single Friday morning. And it sounds like, um, based on my conversation with Mr. Honline, he is in snowbound Brooklyn, New York this morning. Malcolm Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Neither rain nor snow nor sleet will keep you from your appointed round. Wow, that we should we should coin that. We should <laughs> we, sh- we should trademark that. I hope people appreciate what it means for you to have had left in at your. The usual ungodly hour. Well, I thank you for that, Mr. Holmline. Keep pouring it on. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, satisfy my radio curiosity. I would assume you at some point were a guest of Bob Grant on his radio show. Absolutely. He was, uh, for those who don't remember, he was a pioneer in what became talk radio, I guess, but also sure. in the, the conservative-oriented uh, talk radio in particular. So... He was, uh, and he was always very staunchly pro-Israel. Yeah, were, were there any um, uh, any tough conversations with him? I mean, uh, did you ever get into any? Because even though he was pro-Israel, as you described, there were there were always nuances that irritated him about certain things in the Israeli political community. Uh, yes, we had uh, sometimes uh, contentious discussions about it, but. You know, you, you just couldn't take that too seriously because, you know, he would pop off about something. And uh, as you said, sometimes it would uh, upset people. Right. But uh, fundamentally, he was he was sympathetic and on the right side. Um, a topic of the week seems to be the health of the prime ministers. Let's start with Benjamin Netanyahu. He had a polyp removed from his intestine. What's the update regarding his health this week? No, he's fine. He, he did have an episode where he was hospitalized for an hour or two. Uh, he went to the hospital, actually, just uh, uh, for minor ailments, a bad cold, whatever. And um, then he had his routine medical examination, which is required every year of the prime minister. And he, I think the president as well. And the uh, he's fine. And um, the uh, former Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, it's been eight years since his stroke. Uh, what is the latest that you've heard regarding his uh, situation? Well, primarily that he continues to confound uh, the doctors and the experts uh, regarding his condition. He, uh, he's deteriorated a great deal over the last 24 hours, even more. And in the last couple of hours, it seems that, uh, as they said, he is slipping towards death. All right, so that's the story, and nothing unexpected there. Um, the United States 
actually has the mechanism or mechanisms or whatever system there is that you could describe to us uh, on a on a ship near Syria that could destroy Syrian chemical weapons? Yes, it's uh, they are able to dispose of it in deep water, uh, where the feeling is that uh, it will not pose any kind of environmental uh, damage. The question was getting, number one, getting the stuff out of Syria because of the civil war. It was hard to move it. And the Russians provided these armored vehicles that were to take, pick up the stuff, take it to the port where it was to be shipped uh, originally, I think, through Italy and then onto American ships. Nobody wanted to take it. And as you know, they wanted to dispose of it in different countries, Albania being one of them, and all of them ultimately rejected it. So the shipboard... Uh, disposal was the only option really open. So this is what? Chemical weapons that had been confiscated already? These are the chemical weapons that have been confiscated and that uh, have to be disposed of because as long as they're in a the country, they're subject to, to use or abuse and being picked up by uh, other parties. So it's really important that they that they actually be destroyed. And there are still facilities that... that uh, 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 are still in those areas, not much. They, most of them have been dismantled, but they ha- have been stopped, but they also have to be completely dismantled. So there's still work to be done, but the primary uh, objective now is to get rid of the chemical weapons. Hezbollah continues to move long-range missiles from Syria to Lebanon, and it's not just those. There are other, other weaponry also being moved on a constant basis. If this is happening on a constant basis, and from what you've told us, it seems like it's a revolving door and never stops happening. Why did it make headlines this week? Well, because of a study that was done in the exposure that it's not just missiles, but other uh, strategically important weapons, uh, technologically advanced weapons uh, and systems that have been sent via Syria and directly from Iran, which is a violation because you're providing it to a terrorist organization, i.e. Hezbollah, is against international law. The, uh, the concern, of course, is that it, there are tens of thousands, many tens of thousands of rockets, some estimate as much as 100,000, and you know that people building houses in southern Lebanon are required to, to have a rocket room as well as a living room, bedroom, and kitchen. Right. And they get compensation for that, but that also protects them, they believe, because they know Israel is reluctant uh, or won't bomb civilian uh, locations. However, that is no longer true, and that Israel's response will have to be a very strong and broad-based one. The, the limitations imposed last time, because Hezbollah was not part of the government, and therefore they didn't want to hit uh, official infrastructure, now that Hezbollah is the government, those restrictions would uh, would no longer apply. The, the um, build-up there is of concern on a number of grounds. First of all, of course, regarding any potential conflict with Israel, but also because of the internal conflict that is uh, raging in Lebanon. I mean, we're heading towards a civil war. The war in Syria has been transposed into Lebanon. The uh, In the north of Lebanon, you had ongoing uh, elements of a civil war, but now with the bombings that took place, with the tit-for-tat bombings, and I think you can safely predict that it isn't over. The last one uh, was uh, was a Sunni payback to Hezbollah for the one uh, last week where 
or earlier in the week where a minister was killed, uh, a Lebanese minister who had opposed Assad, and, and it's not the first of these either. Some of them, as I said, targeting uh, Hezbollah uh, operations and some of them uh, targeting general uh, population. The Lebanon has always been has always been a very tenuous balance, and they've had a civil they've had civil wars before. Remember the Palestinian one, so this is not an idle threat. And when you have a million refugees, and when you have uh, this constant inflow of, of of weapons, and the other terrorist organizations that use Lebanon to to come back to to escape the fighting in Syria, uh, for R and R for regrouping. Uh, that that only compounds it, but th- there's also a lot of disappointment in Lebanon and anger that about the losses that Hezbollah has suffered, the families uh, protesting because they said you know it was created to fight Israel, not to fight other Arabs. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's a, a very delicate situation. So who took responsibility for this week's bombing, Beirut bombing? This was this was done by the Sunni groups, and and and, and um, where do they fall again in terms of the Assad government? Uh, these are the anti-Assad, anti-Assad government government uh, forces, and it, it's now 2014. Uh, the threat to Israel—I mean, it's been not long enough, but it's been a while since there have been since there was a full-scale attack up north against Israel. It, it, is there any? I mean, I understand the difference in terms of what's happening in Lebanon itself, and the civil war would call for more unrest and a more unsettling uh, situation there. But does that mean that Israel is more? Threatened than it was a couple of years back. Uh, from uh, Lebanon, yeah, it's it's a combination of factors. Uh, Israel is uh, threatened by Hezbollah because Hezbollah is an arm of Iran, and as a terrorist organization, they can't defeat Israel, and but they can do tremendous amount of damage. Uh, Hezbollah is d- designated a terrorist organization by most of the civilized world. And uh, yet, you see that they continue to supply them with weapons and, and the wherewithal to continue the terrorist activities and expand it. But now they also have battle-tested troops. Mm. It, it's, it is a significant difference in terms of uh, terrorists who have trained in, a, in the field or have been trained in, in other countries. But now to have uh, troops who have actually been fighting, who have killed, who were in uh, fighting Syrian troops. They They've upgraded are, their military personnel, basically. Their, their profile, yes. Yeah. Uh, they did hit Kiryat Shmona this week with a long-range missile? They hit near Kiryat Shmona. They, they, they didn't hit, uh, uh, and there were no casualties uh, in the in the bombing, but it, again, it's an escalation, and they keep trying to say that this is, look, a lone individual, that, that the government went after them. They did arrest people responsible for the attack last week, but you know, Israel can't tolerate these cross-border raids. They're going to have to respond at some point, and the response is going to have to be very tough. Uh, and while we're on the subject of bombings, let's do this section of my list. Um, who's responsible for the bombing that killed the PA ambassador to the Czech Republic in Prague? Uh, the, the Czech ambassador in Prague. What he did is he opened a, a safe that had been closed for 20 years or something, and it was obviously booby-trapped, and... Uh, it exploded when he opened it. Yeah, but booby trapped set twenty years ago, or booby trapped sent twenty minutes before. No, it looks like this was set a long time ago. Nobody had uh, had uh, opened it for many years. 
and he's only been there a couple of years, so I think that this was, I mean, there's no real reason for uh, Israel or anybody else to booby-trap the Czech ambassador. And who, Czech ambassador, it's a PA ambassador to Czech or to the Czech Republic? Is that how it works? He is the PA representative, yeah. To the Czech Republic. And, and recognize it most countries. Right, understood. And uh, in Volgograd, Russia, uh, the second suicide bombing, who's responsible for those? This is very important uh, uh, because this is uh, an escalating situation, and you have to look at the general situation in Russia internally because this is, this is a, a development in the heartland of, of Russia, and it has to be seen in, in two contexts. One is the general population shift. The population of, of Russia is declining. Uh, it's the estimate, the projections are that it'll be down to perhaps 100 million from 140 million. But the Russian, the, the, the Islamic population will be one in five. Wow. And increasing. Their birth rates are going up. The Russian birth rate is going down dramatically. This this bombing, which is 400 miles, Volgograd is 400 miles from Sushi, Sushi, Sochi, Sochi, from Sochi. Pays to be a sports fan. I was getting hungry. I knew it was Sushi. <laughs> wasn't no, from Sochi, uh, which is uh, where the Olympics are going to begin in early February. So you have this site. Uh, in, if you remember, in April of 2009, Putin publicly stated that, that the government's war against the, the radical Islamists was a, quote, mission accomplished. And now you've staged this this uh, a really savage comeback, because it's not just this one bombing. You've had uh, several just in, the, in, in recent weeks, two in Volgograd. And the, uh, there's a thing called the Caucasus Emirate, which is a, a terrorist operation, and the uh, so-called uh, imam of it, uh, has talked about his his goal of liberation of the Caucasus, and the and they are trying to destroy the Olympics as a um, as a target as one of the ways of of striking. And you have this in in areas like uh, Tatarstan and Bashkorstan, Tatarstan, uh, which are both Muslim republics near the Ural Mountains, and in in other areas as well. So this is, uh, I think. Uh, something that is going to be with us. I think uh, Putin uh, will obviously not spare anything in his response to it, but it's, uh, it, we'll, we'll see whether it escalates it and what impact it has on the participation in Sochi. Well, I mean, it's not going to, I would assume, no countries threatening not to come at this point because of security concerns, right? Well, I'm talking about the people uh, who... who the, those who attend the games. ...and coming. I, I, it's not the governmental thing. I know President right. Obama is not going. Some have boycotted it because of the anti-gay uh, positions, the legislation that they took, and some other right. positions that have been uh, adopted. Uh, so the question is, will it keep the crowds away, is what you're saying. Exactly. Um, and... and uh, I mean, is it possible? I mean, we know from the experience here, thank God, that it seems that it's possible to actually, you know, have the intelligence and the personnel to secure an area, uh, you know, especially if, if done with due diligence. Can they do that there? I mean, do they have the wherewithal to prevent these types of bombings during a couple of weeks of the Olympic Games? I think that they have the capacity to protect Sochi and to... Um, uh, 
within reasonable limits. I mean, there's no way that right. you can hermetically seal an area that big. And the, the but the Russian internal system, as you see from the arrests of his political opponents and of other people, is still very much the KGB of of old. And I can assure you that it'll be very hard for anybody to move without being detected. Well, you're not going to be traveling there in the near future, I can tell you that much. Uh, I don't think so. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world in the web, jmnam.org. Malcolm Honline is with us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations. How are the numbers going in terms of universities who have joined your call to uh, to not fall prey to the academic boycott of Israel? Well, this is uh, based on the action of the American Studies Association. And uh, as you know, we said we, we, we had to draw the line and say, you have to say no more. It had to be done. Uh, this was the time to do it. So far, more than 100 university presidents have come out strongly in response to our request, but these are presidents from Princeton, Harvard, Yale, to universities across the country, plus the major university organizations and the land-grant universities just last night came out with a statement, and many of them, many of the presidents are still away and their offices were closed, so we anticipate that the number will continue to rise, and uh, this is especially important because soon there's going to be the um, Modern Languages Association where they have a one-sided panel scheduled on uh, BDS and boycotting uh, Israeli institutions, and I have no doubt that someone will attempt a resolution there. But I hope that the message of these of the universities and that people should go to our website and read some of the statements. These are not just simple declarations in many cases against uh, saying that a boycott is nice and against the ASA decision, uh, but a, a real sharp uh, denunciation of the practice and of people reaffirming, and in some cases even saying that they will go further with their ties with Israel uh, uh, as a demonstrative act. So the, um, as of yesterday, the number was, uh, each time we would put out an update, by the time we got it out, it was already out of date because <laughs> the number has, has, thank God, increased rapidly. And I think that this could be a turning point. It'll be a message to all those who are going to try to push this about the price you could pay by engaging in this practice. And by the way, uh, for some of the younger people in this audience, uh, I, I'd love for you to emphasize how it doesn't always go this way. You know, some people might think, especially among the younger people, that, the, that, that these types of battles go as easily as this one's going. You can attest to the fact that it's not always this simple to get university heads or whatever the category may be of people to come out and make strong statements. Absolutely, and I think Larry Summers' comment, the former president of Harvard, former secretary of the Treasury, helped us in that regard when he came out publicly. But if you look at the, the story in the Times this week where, where they made a reference to the ASA decision in the context of the story about Swarthmore and the debate over the Hillel there uh, inviting BDS proponents, uh, primarily uh, that was the issue, uh, you see that they make a simple reference to the ASA and say that they voted to boycott Israel without one word about the overwhelming opposition amongst its members and the, the, um, the fact that only 16% of the members voted in favor of the resolution, but it was enough. 
So the lesson is one, absolutely not to take these things for granted. Don't believe it, but but two, to recognize the voice we have and how many allies that we have out there if we are out front uh, on these issues. And don't just sweep it under the rug or believe it's not important. It is important. One second. Yeah. Now, that, now that you've brought up Swarthmore, 16% of that? No, no, of, of the ASA membership, because they have 5,000 members, they claim, individual members. Ah. And of those, only 3,000-something were okay. eligible. And of those, you had needed a two-thirds vote. Understood. So in the end, it was really 16% of the total membership that they claimed. Understood. But on Swarthmore, what percentage of the Hillel actually wanted to open its doors? Uh... Well, they say that they have a majority uh, of, of the students, but that's, that's not a real uh, election. Uh, I, re- I read the election, but... Uh, they, they did decide that they they wanted to you know they do it under the guise of free speech, right? Uh, which this is not. Nobody's arguing about free speech. What they're arguing is whether a Jewish institution funded by the Jewish community has an obligation to put on people who engage in BDS. It's not criticism of an Israeli policy. It's those who deny Israel's right to exist. Hundred uh, percent. In general, I saw someone make the point that if you're <laughs> if you're going to open up the doors to everybody, including. Uh, you know, e- even more so, greater enemies of Israel. What, what's the point of Hillel to begin with, or or any organization that wants to be identifiably Jewish? I mean, just just like other organizations that have a certain political bent or a a certain desire to uh, uh, associate with their own socially, why, why would why would they go ahead and and open up their doors to everybody in certain circumstances? It just doesn't make any sense. And that has nothing to do with having diversity, right? Views and uh, exactly. people who have. Uh... Exactly, and, and and being open to the students. It's not a question of of blocking out students. It's a question of people being invited who are openly hostile to Israel. Um, let's go back now to Israel and try to understand what's happening with this peace process. And I apologize for laughing. Um, there, there is an announcement supposedly of new housing. In Israel, I assume in some disputed areas, that has been postponed because John Kerry is now in the country. Do you know what that announcement is scheduled to be? I mean, I have seen references to it, but uh, you never know till it actually comes out. But it was to have been uh, again. This is not actual construction. Understood. Zoning, but I'm not even talking about whether it's actual construction or not. Wouldn't it be a better idea not to release the information that there was going to be an announcement, but now there will not be one because John Kerry is there? Isn't it better just not to say anything regarding this? And, and well, that's true in regard to many things that happen there. But uh, uh, I, I happen to agree. I think if you're going to do it, just we're going to make an announcement about why we're not making an announcement. And then each issue, <laughs> and and the, and the, and the point. To, uh, I was making before was that it's not the actual construction. These are usually zoning decisions or approvals that that will take years to implement, and the the uh, you know the price that is paid for for no result is uh, is ridiculous. So it, whether it's meant to balance the release of prisoners of terrorists, uh, which evoke increasing reaction from. From the, the people, from the Israeli people, yep. uh, it's meant to offset that. It, it, it's just the, the, the point is just do and don't talk. But the, each time you, you you make a reference like this, that encouraged then the international community right. to come down on them. So, with that in mind, do you talk when you're the prime minister and you have this burning desire to question 
the Palestinian Authority's commitment to peace in front of the peace broker, John Kerry. Is that a good idea to get up and question whether the PA really is sincere about this peace effort? I think that the, the Prime Minister uh, w- was absolutely appropriate in raising the blatant incitement that the PA engages in, including Abbas and the way that he welcomed the terrorists who were released, making them heroes. Uh, what And what uh, Netanyahu was pointing out is that you don't see the denunciation of the acts conducted by these people. Rather, they get pensions and then get this big hero's welcome. Now, some people can raise the question, why do you release these guys, if, if uh, in fact that's your, your concern. Uh-huh. But the the uh, I think the criticism that he was leveling is one that the United States others have said as well. You can't keep shifting the onus. And if you look at the PA statements, how they're trying to renege, they try to preempt the issues like the Jordan Valley issue, which many people don't understand why it is so significant, or the... Uh, they they've tried to take each of the issues, even the talk of the land swap. The Palestinian, the Israeli Arabs living there are, are opposing it, let alone the others. But you've seen it in regard to a number of the key issues where the PA is preempting uh, the discussions. Now, what Kerry is trying to do is trying to come with what they call a framework, a FAPS, a framework agreement rather than uh, which is supposed to lead to a CAPS, which is a comprehensive agreement. Uh, this is only really to be the basis for continuation uh, of talks. But when the PA is allowing this, low, this increasing level of violence, which is escalating out of control right now, and we talked about the numbers, how it's uh, doubled over the last three, four months, uh, uh, the last count was, uh, I think, 167 in November and increasing numbers in December, too. The, um, then you have, of course, Hamas denouncing it and saying Abbas has no right to, to, uh, to represent us. This is Kerry's 10th trip. Uh, in addition, you've had 20 sessions of the Palestinian-Israeli uh, discussion. So his goal is to try and bridge the, some of the differences to, to be able to say something, have a framework for further talks that both sides can agree with, but each side will express their... Uh, their reservations or differences uh, in this regard. But I think it is important for, for because the international press always puts the onus strictly on Israel. And the Israel is the one that lived up to its commitments, and the Palestinians who had said that incitement doesn't exist, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and incitement is, is critical. It's so important. It's when the poisoning of the minds, the, the uh, increased actions of violence are a result of it. It's just, uh, it, it, you just never know with the Prime Minister, though, what type of strategy he's using. There's so many times where he'll acquiesce and, you know, and, and seem as if he's ready to, to make an agreement at any cost and talk about how Israel will do that at any cost. And, the, you know, the next day he's talking about, well, you know, I don't have a legitimate peace partner. I question their commitment to this peace process. Like, just don't know where he's coming from. Well, one of the on. points that, you know, it's very easy for all of us who sit outside and don't have to deal with the day-to-day realities that, uh, that he faces. Uh, there are a lot of international pressures, and this affects Israel's economy. It affects Israel's uh, security. And I think he, he doesn't want Israel to be painted as the, the obstinate party. So he's trying to present a more balanced assessment by uh, by state an honest assessment of of uh, the realities uh, of what's happening on the ground, but 
you know, there are a lot of pressures. You see that the, the Dutch uh, boycott uh, movements, other things, major companies pulling out of Israel, etc. And what he what what he said was that Abbas has essentially embraced these terrorists as heroes. He sets an example for for what young people in the, in the Palestinian Authority areas uh, see and. Um, and even when they were Palestinian security forces people, he said they didn't denounce it. So I think he's trying to put in a in stark relief that it's not Israel that's the opposite. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with what he says. I just... Uh... No, I agree. I understand what you're saying, and I'm trying to yeah. put myself in his uh, mindset and, and facing some of the issues and considerations that he has when... He makes a public thing. So what's the Carrie theme song? Turn your fap into a cap? Is that what he basically is uh, trying to do? <laughs> he, he right now would be very happy to get the faps going. Rub fap. Uh, we got to get it to cap ASAP because I can't take all this shuttling back and forth to Jerusalem. By the way, I know I ask you this every week over the last couple of weeks, but again it hits the news as part of all this with John Kerry. Was Jonathan Pollard involved, or uh, not involved, but was his uh, uh, release a factor in these negotiations this week or not? It, it was raised. I know the Prime Minister has raised it repeatedly. There, were, uh, um, there was a statement by Kerry, but that was his own individual reaction. I, again, I have not seen anything, as I said, uh, I think two weeks ago when this first came up, anything on the ground. We continue to press for it. We continue to talk to people in the administration, but I think it will have to be in some context. Um, and uh, prisoner release was one possibility. Maybe these FAPs uh, will be another, and that this is something that they're holding out for Israel. But it's, each day, it's just been a greater injustice. Uh, the only good thing, by the way, and I, and I, I agree with you, or, or or at least you've convinced me that it's a bad idea to link this to the to the process, to the Pollard release. But for the first time in a long time. Pollard remains in the headlines after the 1st of January, because usually, of course, <laughs> these pardons and uh, and clemencies are granted before the end of the year. Once January 1st hits, you know, everybody hits reset, basically. <laughs> Here it's remained as a top news story, even after the 1st of the year. Um, true, but the reason, and, and people should understand, if the peace process collapses, that's, that is, should not stop Jonathan Pollard from being released. That's it's a true. matter of, of justice. Yeah. No question about it. Why do I keep hearing Jordan Valley now in terms of uh, – I, I never heard the Jordan Valley be an issue in regard to the peace process. All of a sudden, I hear that members of Knesset are demanding that Israel take action to secure the Jordan Valley. And I don't know if it just means secure in terms of security, but secure that it remain in Israel's hands forever. Well, the security will remain in Israel's hands forever, and it's especially about the border locations. For one thing, this is what Jordan wants. For another thing, it's what Israel must have. And the United States backs the, the position. Uh, if you remember, this goes back decades to the Alon plan, to other plans which were uh, proposed, which would have uh, enabled Israel to retain at least security uh, control. You, we have to remember that the release of the, this area that they're talking about to, to the Palestinians means that 70% of Israel's population is vulnerable, 80% of its industrial infrastructure vulnerable. To, to tank because it's all along that narrow coastal plain, um, and it could be easily controlled by the hills of of the West Bank. In addition, you have other things now. You have a 1.2 million Syrian refugees in Jordan. 
the bringing the, uh, the Iraqis, the Iranians, up to the Israeli border, if you allow them to, the Palestinians and their non-control uh, of the of the borders, and Israel doesn't trust the international forces. The history in that regard has not been so great. And this, they say, is part of what President Bush uh, uh, promised in his letter of, uh, of, of recognition in 2004 about secure, defensible borders and to preserve uh, Israel's capacity to deter and defend itself. This is by itself. This is essential. And the, uh, the military across the board, I think, uh, hold to this view, and that it, it has to have an anti-terrorism buffer. And the King of Jordan, by the way, has been very uh, clear on this issue uh, as well. And there's no technology that can replace the human presence, uh, Boogie Elm said this week, the Minister of Defense. And it's, um, I mean, this is Israel's eastern security boundary, and therefore very important and very uh, essential that Israel hold to this, and, and the Palestinians, of course, have already rejected it. Uh-huh. So even, even though Israel's neighbors agree with Israel that they should maintain control, uh, they're still making it an issue. In oh, the look pre- at the increased terrorism we have now. Look at the, the uh, flow of weapons and other things that, unless Israel really re- has full control and able to maybe define period, I think uh, the next thousand years would be good, but maybe even a hundred, but the, the, which has been proposed. But the, for the immediate future, it's, it's absolutely essential. Uh, finally, uh, there's a new administration in New York City. You've been very complimentary of uh, Ray Kelly, the former police commissioner, and his ability to lead a real anti-terrorism task force. Any reason to believe that the new police commissioner will not be able to maintain the level that the NYPD has had in this area? Well, there's no reason to believe he can't. He's very capable. He's experienced. He served in Boston, L.A., New York. He's uh, uh, somebody who's uh, very smart and I think committed to it. He may do things in a different way, but if we look at the infrastructure that the NYPD has on counterterrorism, I mean, it's really the lead in the world and the uh, should be sustained, and, and uh, you'll see some new people brought in. But uh, I think that, uh, and I've discussed this with uh, Mr. Bratton, I think he is very committed to this and has a clear understanding uh, of these issues. And by the way, we should also note that Israel's population crossed the 8 million market, 8.13 million uh, people, which is uh, a milestone. Where did the Russian 40 million go? 40 million? Yeah, you said it went from 140 to 100. Oh, no, it's just the decline in the birth rate. One second. With the population of Russia, was it one time 140? It is, and I'm saying it's declining to 100 because of the birth rate uh, among Oh, and when, when is that expected? When will it hit 100? It will. Uh, I think the projection was over the next 10 years, uh, if, I'm, uh, if I remember correctly. That's a pretty pretty rapid decline. It is, it's a very rapid decline, and that, but, the, but it's been ongoing. And the percentage of uh, Muslims in the army and in other uh, elements is, has increased. And there is a radicalization of the population um, that uh, that has been of great concern as well. So the, I mean, this this the internal situation in Russia, and then you have the economic problems and other things that uh, um, compound it. Where are you next week? Are you going to be speaking to us from Israel? God willing, we'll be talking from. Israel of 8 million people 
and uh, I have three words I for think you. A lot warmer than New York. I have three words for you. Take a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be the you'll be the hero of the land. <laughs> <laughs> Bags of salt. If it happens Those again, this is just salt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I think that, uh, I hope God willing that, you know, things will be quiet in that respect. Oh, it's what you think. The weather, but I know it's been it's war. quite warm these days. It's getting cooler again. I just wanted to say one other thing on BDS, which is, I think, important. When this week there was a debate, uh, a lot of exposure about this new Nazi, uh, uh, salute. Because of Tony Parker of the San Antonio Spurs. Right. Who has apologized for it, but then it turns out that many other European athletes have been doing it. But the Dutch BDS movement now has a portrayal of Anne Frank in a kaffia on their website and as a, a symbol. So people understand that this is really its core anti-Semitism. They legitimate it by, by being anti-Israel, but nobody should be fooled. And it's why everybody has to be involved. Everybody has to understand how serious. When we've talked about a lot of the issues, we didn't get to Turkey, which is exploding. We didn't get to... Uh, the situation in Egypt where the crackdown on Muslim Brotherhood and the many arrests and also uh, the suicide bombings that took place in Gaza and the, long, and the fighting along Israel's border with Hamas um, and uh, the fact that they actually have caught, that the Egyptians have caught some of the terrorists uh, over the past week and, and Erdogan is facing a situation of internal collapse at the same time. Uh, we see the further radicalization and the internal split between him and Gulan. So we could talk about that, those things next week. But the uh, overall uh, situation is is uh, today. Uh, it's a very uh, shift. It's a shifting world. There are uh, 2014 is certainly unpredictable in terms of what direction a lot of these things will take. But what is not unpredictable is what we have to do. And I, I hope people will take this finally seriously and understand that when we talk about BDS, these are not initials. This is a campaign against the Jewish people and the Jewish state. Excellent, Malcolm. Next week from Jerusalem. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Bo, candlelighting at 421 on this era of Shabbos, morning snow and windy weather with a high temperature of 17. We're at 14 right now. Tonight, the low expected to be 3 degrees. Oh, my gosh. Most areas got about 7 inches of snow already. Still snow coming down in this area. Naomi Nachman's table for two, which was supposed to be at Gourmet Glot today, has been postponed till next week. There'll be an encore presentation between 9 and 10 Eastern time this morning on our stream. At 10 o'clock begins an amazing Array of Erev Shabbos selections. Make sure to be tuned in all day long on our stream at jmtheam.org. Avrami hosts Saturday night Siegel tomorrow night at 10. Matis hosts JM Sunday, Sunday morning at 7. Elliot Weiselberg Sunday night at 7 p.m. with Court Report. All the latest in Yeshiva League hockey and basketball. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parsha's bow. I like to call Parsha's bow that with this Parsha we are off and running. What does that mean? It means that now we have 
many, many mitzvos, and with this week's parsha, we actually fulfill that which Rashi begins his commentary to the Torah. On the verse, Parashas Bara Elokim, where the Torah goes through and enumerates creation and the book of Parashas, the lives and the many lessons that we learn from the history of our nationhood. Rashi says, wait a minute, is not the Torah our constitution? And therefore, should the Torah not begin with this week's parsha of Parsha's bow, and beginning with chapter 12, where you have the mitzvos, beginning with the mitzvah of HaChodesh HaZelochem, the uniqueness of the Jewish calendar. And Rashi tells us why we are given the book of Bereshis. But we should realize the significance of this parsha, that with this parsha we have, according to the Chinuch, no less than 20 mitzvos, 9 positive mitzvos and 11 mitzvos of thou shalt not. Now, uh, as we study each and every year, you are to realize aim base medrash below chidush. There is no such thing as studying without always finding more excitement, new levels of understanding and interpretation. So to begin with, the very first mitzvah in this parsha of Achoresh Hazelochem, the Jewish calendar, how many mitzvos is it? Now what does that mean? According to the Rambam, this mitzvah includes A, the monthly sanctification of the month, the declaration of the month by the Bezdin Hagadol in Yerushalayim, the, if you want to call it the Supreme Court, or the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. Their emissaries proclaimed the new month, Yesterday was Rosh Chodesh Shvat, and that monthly is a mitzvah on the Jewish community, specifically the Sanhedrin, acting on behalf of the Jewish community, to declare Rosh Chodesh. And the Rambam says included in this mitzvah is as well the obligation to keep in sync the lunar calendar, which is the calendar which is unique to the Jewish nation, as well as the solar calendar. The lunar calendar is 11 days shorter, 354 days, as opposed to 365 days in the solar calendar. Every year we're going to be 11 days behind. What's the problem? Well, after 7 or 8 years, you're 77 days or 88 days earlier than springtime to observe the holiday of Pesach. And the Torah says in no less than three places in the Torah, be careful to make sure that you observe the holiday of Pesach in the springtime. Hence the necessity to adjust the calendar as this year is a leap year, meaning that we have two Adars. And so, according to the Rambam, all this is included in the first mitzvah of this week's parsha 
of Achorish Azelochem. The Ramban Nachmanides respectfully disagrees. And he says that they are two separate biblical mitzvos. One, the mitzvah of Kiddush Achodesh, declaring Rosh Chodesh each and every month, and a separate mitzvah to adjust the years and calendar when need be to have that leap year. I'd like to focus this morning on a very interesting, on the one hand, technical observation of the Meshachachma, but the lesson that accrues therefrom, I think, is very important and fundamental to appreciating this week's parasha. In chapter 12, we have many of the mitzvos of Pesach. We have the mitzvah of the Karbam Pesach, the Paschal Lamb. We have the mitzvah of eating matzah. And the Torah speaks in this parsha of those mitzvos that were unique to the very first and only Pesach that we observed in Mitzrayim, such as placing the blood on the doorposts and on the lentil of the homes. And this is not one of the 613 mitzvos, because by definition, a mitzvah has to be lidoros, observed in all future subsequent generations. And this was only done once in Egypt. So you have in this week's parasha, both that which was done on the night of the first Pesach, as well as that which is halacha, Jewish law, for Pesach Doros throughout the centuries. So I'd like for you to take to the table tonight the Chumash, open up to chapter 12, and let's contrast verse 9 and verse 10. Now, these verses apply both to the first Pesach in Egypt, as well as Pesach Doros throughout the generations. Verse 9 tells us that the Korban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb, has to be eaten specifically. It is to be Tzli Eish. It is to be roasted. And Al Tochlu Mimenu You shall not eat it raw or even partially and only partially roasted or cooked in water. It's only to be eaten roasted over fire. That is verse 9. And it begins with the word Allah. If you look at verse 10, the Torah teaches us, You are not to leave any of the carbon over until the morning. Okay, now this is another halacha for the first Pesach and for future generations. The question that the Beshechachma asks is why? Why does verse 9 begin with the word al, don't, and verse 10 beginning with the more familiar usage of velo and you shall not? If they both mean the exact thing. Proof that they mean the exact thing, the Targum Unculus explains al tochlu as lo seichlun, thou shalt not, and the lo sosiru, again, the lo sash arun, don't leave over. Both words, al and lo, 
mean the exact same thing as to thou shalt not. However, there are two different words. Now you might say to yourself, come on, when we were all taught how to write a composition, they told us not to repeat the same word twice. Good. Is it simply a stylistic change or might it be much deeper and more profound? Suggest the Meshachachma something brilliant. He says as follows, verse 9 is talking in Egypt prior to Chatzos, prior to midnight. Now let's understand what's happening. Put yourself please God, at the Pesach Seder. So you know, and I know, that every year at the Pesach Seder, when someone should ask us, our children, grandchildren, a stranger who might be new to the Seder, what are you celebrating? So we know a very clear answer. We were once enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt, and God freed us on this night. Yes, that's true, but when did that happen? That happened, as we'll see in a moment, after mid the night. Prior to mid the night, the very first Pesach Seder, if you were to ask them, what are you celebrating? They were celebrating what's going to happen in the future. It was a meal of emuna, of great faith that this would be happening. And so at that point, we were not yet freed. In verse 9, which tells us how to eat the meat of the Karban Pesach. However, what happened in verse 10? Verse 10, the Torah says, don't leave it over for the morning. This is happening, says the Meshachachma, post Chatzos, post mid the night. The Torah tells us later on in chapter 12, and it was at mid the night that God literally struck down and smote, killed each firstborn in Mitzrayim. What followed immediately is that Paro jumps up and as Rashi tells us out of bed and in verse 31 in this chapter 12 he says to Moshe and Aaron Kumu, get up! Get out from my people. Gamatem, you, Moshe and Aaron, the troublemakers that you are. Gam b'nei Yisrael, even the entire children of Israel. At that moment, we were freed. Ah, if we are freed at midnight, well, what's happening? As soon as we are freed, then you must turn, my friends, till the end of the book of Vayikra. At the end of the book of Ayikra, at the end of Parshas Bahar, in chapter 25, Pasuk 55, the Torah says, Wow, Kili b'nei Yisrael avodim. To me, are the Jewish nation, the Jewish people are servants to me, God says. Avodai heim, they are my servants. Asher mitzrayim whom I have taken out of the land of Egypt. In other words, we all know that we were freed on this night of Pesach. We were no longer slaves to Paro. What we are being taught in this 10th verse, by the usage of the word, the low, is that now we became immediately from slaves to 
the wicked Paro, we became servants to the loving God. Prior to mid the night, we were still in Paro's domain. And therefore, what does God ask of us? Al tochlumi The word al is translated more properly, please don't. God is saying to the Jewish people in Egypt, do me a favor. Technically speaking, you don't have to accept my laws yet, because you are still under Paro's dominion, but please do me a favor. Pasuk 10, which is taking place after mid the night, ah, we are literally in his, capital H, Hashem's domain. He can therefore dictate and order us and give us his laws, and he does. And he says, You are not to leave it over to the morning. It's a very interesting observation, but it's much more profound. It's telling us that on the night of Pesach, when we were freed, we were entered and became his servants, and as the rabbis tell us, based upon the Mishnah in the sixth chapter of Avos, Elocha ben Chorin, who is the really free man, the one who is Osei Torah, the one who is involved in Torah. And that, at first glance, seems so counterintuitive. One would think that a person is free to do what they want, but within the Halacha we know there are so many do's and so many don'ts. Is that really considered freedom? And the answer is yes. I'll give you a simple example, my friend. We we have become so addicted and not only to our desires in general, but very specifically, how many have become slaves and addicted to the workforce, how we become addicted to technology. Ask yourself, unless you turn that cell phone off during the davening, during the week, how difficult is it, when even when it's on vibrate, not to take a look? How difficult is it not to use your cell phone and your smartphone and all your other phones during Chazor Shots when the various emails are coming in. We have literally become enslaved to technology. When we say, there's no free man, Shabbos, literally, we become disconnected. And Shabbos, we really do attain our freedom to who am I and my personality, because with all due respect, I am not my emails. But yet we have become so attached and identified and connected and enslaved to this that we have a better appreciation of what it means to be free men when it comes to this week's Parsha in the contrast of two rather similar words. They're spelled just inverted. Aleph Lamed, Lamed Aleph. Aleph Lamed Al, Hashem is saying, please, because we're not yet freed. What happened at mid the night is that we became Baruch Hashem and forever God's servants. Shabbat Shalom to all.
JM in the AM. That's the song that uh, Menachem Toker was talking about when he joined us earlier on the air, earlier this morning. Anim Zmirot, a young man named Eli Avidani uh, from Israel with Shal Shelas from the CD entitled Connections here at JM in the AM. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos Parsha's Bo. Hope everybody out there has a... Uh, as an easy morning and not a difficult one negotiating the snow and the ice and all that stuff. I know that uh, most areas around here are about seven inches, about seven inches of snow. Another two to three inches expected this morning, and that should do it. It'll be a very cold job. It's the high today, just 17. The low tonight, three degrees. Oh, my gosh. Three. <laughs> Three degrees is the um, <laughs> is the forecast for tonight. Mostly sunny tomorrow, a high temperature of 28. Candle lighting at 421 on this Arab Shabbos Parsha's bow. Uh, some communities may have an Aruv down this morning. Check if your Aruv is up, if you're used to an Aruv. Reminder, the 20th annual Ezra Witkin Yardside Shear happens tomorrow night at 8.15 p.m. Again, that's uh, tomorrow night. 20th annual Ezra Witkin Yardside Shear is tomorrow night at uh, 8.15. Ezra's close friend, Roy Moshe Rotberg, will speak on the topic of medicine and halacha. Do they clash? Who wins? 8.15 tomorrow night at the J.E.C. Almora Shul, 3.30 Almora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Again, that takes place tomorrow night at 8.15. Lipa, brand new with Atta Kidashta off the Hidden Spark at J.M. in the A.M.
That's, of course, uh, Lipa from the Hidden Spark with Atakidashta. Just looking at the uh, photos of the brand-new mayor of the city of New York shoveling his own snow this morning. Very interesting. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel, on Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net, at Nachum Siegel Net. Instagram, I put up a photo of the uh, parking lot here at WFMU, Snowden. In the back of our building, check out Instagram to search the name Nachum Siegel. Time to take a shop as it's journeys at JM and the AM.
through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Say good job is Cause all your work is done I'm gonna spend the day Together with the Holy One Say a special blessing On a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator is a very special sign Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County, 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And that will wrap up an amazing week for us here at JM and the AM. Make sure to keep warm and stay dry. Snow should be ending uh, relatively soon. Have a wonderful Shabbos, great weekend. Don't forget an encore presentation of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman comes up next on our stream at jmnam.org.
followed by an amazing day on our stream with some incredible Erev Shabbos selections. Just keep it going all through the day at jmnam.org. I've run me tomorrow night with Saturday Night Seagull beginning at 10. Matis Sunday morning with JM Sunday beginning at 7. And Sunday night, Elliot Weiselberg with the uh, court report on hockey and basketball in the Yeshiva League coming up at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Great weekend till Monday. Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.